From the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin, welcome to The Surgery Set. I'm Jonathan Kohler, an assistant professor in pediatric surgery here in Madison, home of the Badgers. This is a podcast all about surgery and the individuals who are at the cutting edge of it, and we're glad you're here. All right, well, Dr. Funk, thank you so much for joining us today on The Surgery Set. Thank you very much for inviting me. Appreciate and uh, we've got some exciting programs coming down the road that you are going to be spearheading here at the university. Um, tell us a little bit about this obesity summit that you're putting together. Um, we are uh, inviting uh, faculty members from around uh, 10 different institutions, actually, around the country, and um, great, more than 10 different departments, actually, from University of Wisconsin, uh, to come and talk about evidence-based treatment options for obesity. There are around 6 million uh, residents in Wisconsin and about 4 million adults, and about 40% of those patients or adults meet the criteria for obesity, and about 20% of those, or 15 to 20% of those, meet the criteria for what we call severe obesity. So the lineup there is people from our 10 institutions from across the country to come and talk, and I presume they're not going to be talking about you know, the, the evidence for losing weight is eat fewer calories and exercise more, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. But maybe, first of all, we could just talk about what is obesity versus, like, overweight and what are the lines? So the criteria that we generally use to, when we're discussing um, levels of weight, um, is body mass index. And what that number is, is your weight over your height. And so it's your weight in kilograms over your height in meters squared. And so if you do that calculation, you will come up with a number that's generally somewhere between 18 and 40 to 50. What is termed normal weight is around 18 to 25. A number between 25 and 30 uh, is overweight. 30 to 35 is class 1 obesity. 35 to 40 is class 2 obesity, and then greater than 40 is class 3 obesity, and that's what's typically referred to as morbid obesity. When I refer to severe obesity, typically what I'm referring to are patients that meet that class 2 or class 3 criteria. So it's a body mass index greater than 35. And that's 40% of the 4 million people in Wisconsin. 40%, approximately 40% of the adults in Wisconsin meet criteria for obesity. So okay. that's a body mass index over 30. Okay. Uh, and we actually have really good data in our state from surveys, household surveys that are, are conducted by you know, members actually at UW um, called the uh, Survey of the Health of Wisconsin. Actually, they go door to door, and I believe those numbers are around 40% overall for obesity. Wow. We actually did a study that um, we published earlier this year um, looking at obesity rates in our health system, um, UW Health, and we found that about 15 to 17% of the patients in our health system have a body mass index that puts them into the severe obesity category. Um, so it's surprisingly very common. Yeah, incredibly common. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, I mean, right, you, you walk down the street, you see that there's a whole range of body types, right? But there's definitely, we know, an epidemic of obesity, and that's, that brings with it a lot of other health effects. And, is, and, and so when you're talking about treating obesity, you're not just talking about, like, making people fit their genes, right? You're talking about, like, helping diabetes and 
joints and all that, these other downstream effects of severe obesity. I mean, I think there's some debate about where, what level of obesity these comorbidities start accumulating, but there's overwhelming evidence that certainly with even class one obesity, but very, very overwhelming evidence of class two and class three obesity, that the likelihood that you're going to have health conditions associated with your morbidity is very high. So things like diabetes, high blood pressure, um, heart disease, sleep apnea, gastroesophageal reflux disease, osteoarthritis. Obesity is now the leading cause of non-alcoholic steatohepatitis or fatty liver disease. Um, so it, it, essentially it affects every organ system um, uh, you know, that, that we have, um, but it's definitely one of the more common causes of those really uh, costly chronic conditions like cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Um, and so you mentioned earlier when we're <clears throat> talking about treatment of this, um, you know, what are we referring to? Is it just sort of diet and exercise? Um, and while that's certainly a component of really all treatments uh, related to obesity, um, there are other evidence-based treatments that we're hoping that the summit can highlight um, and provide some education to providers across the state. Um, yeah, so this is going to be geared towards Wisconsin physicians? Yep, so it's geared toward um, physicians, certainly, um, in, in, out in the community, but also other um, advanced practice providers, um, really nurses, anyone that's interested in obesity treatment um, in our state, and you know, truthfully, um, you know, in the region. Um, so our, our goal is to do some education about those evidence-based obesity treatments, and then also provide a little bit of a public health perspective and uh, have some uh, talks on how to address this in the primary care setting. It's really focused on primary care. Um, so this is not necessarily just for surgeons who want to hear about what's the latest surgical approach to weight loss management. This is for people who are seeing patients in their clinics, in whatever capacity, who want to be able to help patients with, with weight loss or to manage obesity. Absolutely. There are, there are definitely going to be some um, discussion or some presentations on um, different elements of bariatric surgery or procedural interventions, um, but this isn't really targeting bariatric surgeons per se. It is, it's targeting that exact primary care provider you alluded to who has a severely obese patient in their clinic and is trying to figure out what options do I have for this patient. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are lots of options, right? There are. Um, and so we... When we talk about obesity treatment um, clinically, we generally think of, um, I think of three sort of main buckets of, of care. One would be behavioral weight management options. Um, so the evidence-based dietary programs um, and uh, exercise programs that are out there, what is the evidence um, regarding um, dieting and its effectiveness and you know certain types of dieting? And so we have, um, experts, one of our experts is uh, from Duke, um, who that's, that's his area of interest is sort of the low carb diet. Um, so that whole uh, realm of, of medical weight management is sort of one box. And I think it's what I've been told um, by primary care colleagues is it's a challenge to, to do that in clinic, um, particularly given all the um, evidence that comes out, you know, constantly about new diets and um, new opportunities for nutritional changes. And so we're trying to highlight some of those areas in, in the summit 
what works from a medical weight management standpoint. Also pharmacologic treatment, so we're going to have um, a presentation on what medications work um, for obesity. There are a number of FDA approved medications. Um, I think most would agree that they're modestly effective, but um, they certainly can be a part of an obesity treatment regimen and patients you know, may have questions about that and so it's maybe helpful to know what some of those options are and what some of the side effects are, what, the, what you can expect uh, in terms of weight loss outcomes. Yeah. And then finally, um, the other sort of main bucket of treatment is, I guess, bariatric surgery or inter invasive um, interventions or procedures for obesity. Um, and so we're going to have a couple of sessions about the most recent um, outcomes data on bariatric surgery, um, the different types of bariatric procedures that are offered and what you might expect with those treatments, um, and also sort of what the risks and benefits are and where the trends are um, in terms of what's being offered um, you know, in the United States, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, there are also endoscopic options for weight loss, and so patients may have questions about, can I have, and when I say endoscopic, I mean instead of actually making incisions on your abdomen, there are treatments that uh, are weight loss treatments, essentially, that are from um, endoscopic. So a scope placed into your mouth and your, down into your esophagus and into your stomach, and there are things like the intragastric balloon or... Um, gastric plication or stitching that you can do um, that patients may have questions about. Um, and, and so we're going to have an expert from um, actually from the Ohio State University uh, talk about endoscopic treatment options. Hmm. In addition to those um, obesity treatment options, we're going to have a session that focuses on uh, the etiology of the obesity epidemic, um, both from a public health perspective, but then also uh, what happens um, at the biochemical level, um, you know, when patients start to gain weight or they have, uh, or adults, I guess I should say, these are not all patients, but when people start to gain weight, what happens um, metabolically? Um, and then also there's an interesting um, topic that I'm looking forward to hearing more about, about how obesity is impacted by social networks. And so um, there's certainly evidence that obesity can spread um, and is more common in um, certain social networks. And so what is the evidence for that and how might you need to think about offering your obesity treatment based on a patient's social network? So when I say social network, I mean those that are sort of around uh, them and interacting with the person on a day-to-day -day basis. Is this you know individual perhaps um, have multiple family members that are affected by obesity and may, uh, maybe their socioeconomic status, um, you know, they, they are um, affected by low, you know, low income or poverty. And so, you know, non-nutritious foods tend to be cheaper. And so it's easier to get those foods. And so thinking about the social networks um, and how that impacts uh, obesity is another area that we're interested in talking about. Yeah, fascinating. I, I remember reading a report many years ago now about how obesity could be possibly partly an infectious disease in the sense that like if you took mice and knocked out all of their microbiome and then gave them a stool transplant from an obese mouse um, so that the bacteria in their gut were all from an obese mouse, they were more likely to be obese. I mean, there's like, which is to say like, it's a lot more than eat more salads, get more exercise, 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's certainly that area that you mentioned of the microbiome. That's an area that there's a tremendous amount of translational and, and basic science research going on right now, both uh, as it relates to obesity in general, but then also bariatric surgery. And so um, bariatric surgery uh, is the most effective tool um, for severe obesity, um, you know, ended up you typically results in about 50 to 60 percent of a patient's excess weight being lost. So if a patient is, you know, over, let's say they're 150 pounds over a quote-unquote ideal body weight, they typically lose anywhere from 75 to 100 pounds, you know, at the five-year point. Mm -hmm. And so that tends to be much more effective than just dieting and exercise alone. And there's multiple studies, actually many studies that have included the same thing. Um, and so the question is, what is it about bariatric surgery that, that allows patients um, to lose weight and to sustain it over time? And this microbiome question that you alluded to um, is a big component of that. I'm, I'm not a basic scientist or a translational researcher. I I'm <clears throat> am uh, focused on health services research, more on the sort of public health side. Yeah. But we're certainly aware of, of kind of the impact and the importance of that microbiome and I think there's a lot of work that the NIH is funding in that area right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's an amazing area of study just because 40% of people have this disease, right? And it, it touches so many different things, right? It touches behavior, it touches psychology, it touches microbiomics and like very basic science concepts and it t touches health services and this sort of population health question. I mean, it, it is, it's sort of it's got all the great questions in medical science sort of all wrapped up into one diagnosis. It's, and it sounds like your, your conference is going to hit, hit those, all those areas. It's going to be sort of a comprehensive obesity summit. Yeah, that's what – I, when we initially started thinking about how to design this, you know, I was sort of coming from the perspective of there has been a, um, a tremendous focus um, on obesity prevention efforts, which is critical. Um, that we absolutely, you know, have to have that, and particularly as you think about kids and childhood obesity, and, you know, if we could prevent people from developing obesity in the first place, then we wouldn't need to be thinking about obesity treatment, obviously. You know, but the reality is almost half our population is affected by obesity, and almost, a th you know, 20% or so is affected by severe obesity. So I wanted this summit to sort of focus on what are we going to do for the two million adults that are already obese in Wisconsin, what are we going to do for the 800,000 severely obese adults in Wisconsin right now that are coming to clinics with all of these medical problems, diabetes, their you know, obstructive sleep apnea, their reflux is getting worse, their joints are bothering them, their liver's going bad, um, you know, a lot of downstream complications. Um, what, what can we do you know, to help those patients? And how can we help disseminate um, you know, what the evidence is for these uh, for obesity in these patients. And so that's, that's what we're really um, focused on. We're going to have um, <clears throat> one uh, presentation from one of the leaders of the Obesity Prevention Initiative in Wisconsin, Dr. Vince Krines, um, because I certainly think uh, the elements of the prevention uh, efforts focusing on healthy, healthy foods, uh, making communities that are livable, that, that support um, healthy uh, healthy behaviors, that's critical also for the obesity treatment effort. Mm -hmm. um, but one of this to focus also on the clinical components of, of actual obesity treatment as well. Right. Like how do you 
and that makes sense from the primary care standpoint, right? Like you're going to have patients, particularly our family practitioners in the state, right, who start seeing kids when they're born. Like you've got 18 years to keep them from becoming an adult with obesity. And how do you do that? And then like, okay, now you've got obese adults and how do you manage it? I mean, it just sounds, it sounds so cool. Like is it, are there other examples of people who've done this or is this sort of the, is this the first attempt to kind of pull all these strings together into one great regional conference? There are other examples of um, obesity uh, conferences. I'm thinking of one in Cleveland Clinic that's been going on for, I think, seven or eight or nine, ten years um, that does a similar um, thing where they try to combine different elements of the sort of obesity epidemic and obesity treatment. Um, ours is a little bit different in that we tried to focus it initially kind of, you know, on the state um, by, um, in terms of who we're um, publicizing the event to and then who we were thinking about in terms of our target population. Perhaps in years to come, if this, you know, event is successful and we have a, a good um, showing that we could expand uh, and, and try to target more of a regional or even a, a national audience where this could be something that, you know, folks would want to travel to to attend and participate in. Um, right now, it's it's a day and a half event from May eight May May eighteen and May nineteen, um, and we all are in the same essentially uh, auditorium for all the talks. And perhaps in the future, and I know a couple of the other obesity um, conferences um, do this, where there are breakout sessions where if you're, you know, a nutritionist, focus on some of the behavioral weight management issues, you may. You know, go into one breakout area, or if you're primary care that wants to learn more about some other element of pharmacologic management, you, you might, uh, you know, go into that breakout session. But this year, we've got it all um, combined, uh, and we, we are optimistic that that'll be a good experience for the participants, and hope that folks get a lot out of it. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, I think it's we talk a lot on the podcast. Um, about the Wisconsin idea, right? Which is this like core concept that we have here at the University of Wisconsin that like everything we do is supposed to inform uh, and be broadcast into the community and to help the people of Wisconsin. And um, and I think one thing that, I mean, obviously the, the data is amazing, right? But the just the idea of getting a bunch of practitioners from around the state into a room and finding out, you know, letting people kind of discover like that they're not alone that there are other people sort of dealing with these same issues and learning from us and we can learn from them. I mean, they're just, what a cool idea to, to, to sort of put all of this together into like a summit where you put everyone into one room and, and talk about it. I absolutely agree. Uh, and that's certainly why we uh, are targeting, you know, providers around the state is, is to hopefully develop that sort of um, collaboration amongst uh practitioners, whether in the northern part of the state, you know, they're in Milwaukee, wherever they are, we're all sort of facing, um, you know, the same clinical issues when it relates to obesity treatment. And I think there's a lot we can learn from each other. And I think, you know, there are a lot of experts around this institution um, in various departments. So we have um, folks from the Department of Surgery. Uh, We have uh, faculty members at UW from the Department of Family Medicine, um, from the Department of Pharmacology, from Endocrine, um, from Family Medicine. I may have mentioned that. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to everybody getting together um, uh, in the same room to actually you know, hear uh, the different perspectives. And I think it'll be hopefully a good opportunity to highlight 
this epidemic, because it really is an epidemic um, that that's, has significant you know, health implications, cost implications for our state and our society. Um, and hopefully, you know, th this summit may lead to collaborations down the road um, across the university, across the state that can hopefully have an impact uh, on, the, on the epidemic. Yeah, fantastic. And I, such a key idea, right, that, it's, that this is an epidemic. It's not just that people are lazy, right? This is like, this is a health crisis. If 40% of the population had hepatitis, like we would be talking about it in a different way. And I feel like medicalizing obesity and sort of destigmatizing obesity is, is an incredibly important thing. And it's just such, such cool work. I agree. That's you know, in 2013, the American Medical Association characterized obesity as a disease. Um, we did a study where um, we actually interviewed primary care providers around the state to see what their impressions of um, obesity were. You know, is it a disease? Is it a, a something that um, contributes to a disease? Is it a behavior? Is it and you know, we were really interested in, and we published this study that actually the the perceptions were were quite variable. Um, I think there's a lot of even medical providers still that are hesitant to call obesity a disease. Um, and certainly a lot of folks uh, in the community are as well. They attribute it to exactly what you said. They're lazy, they're uninformed, um, they don't care. And that's really not at all what obesity is. And um, there's overwhelming evidence, whether you look at public health data, um, which, for instance, if you look at over the past 40 years, um, throughout the world, obesity rates have skyrocketed. That's not because, you know, within that period of time, people just got lazy and they weren't before in 1930. They weren't lazy and now they are. Or they were, you know, brilliant in 1920 and now, they're, now people are, you know, uneducated and don't understand. It really has to do with the way food is processed on a global level. So, for instance, things like... Um, agricultural subsidies for things that are um, contribute to non-nutritious foods. So, you know, there are still subsidies for those sorts of things. Is that, you know, in the best interest? And that's a sort of a, a, a loaded question, obviously. But um, there's a reason that <clears throat> obesity rates, you know, skyrocketed within a pretty short period of time. And it has to do more with society and, um, you know, how we obtain our food and what our sort of habits are as, as a society based on, sorry, sorry, rather than, you know, an individual's, you know, personal decision. Yes, an right. individual has a capacity to make decisions, but um, those are very much influenced by the societal um, components that are, that are sort of pushing everyone toward a higher BMI. Yeah, true population health. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the pragmatics. You said... Um, May 18th and 19th. Um, by the time this episode goes up, there will be registration available uh, online. We'll link to that off of the uh, podcast website, which is surgery.wisc.edu slash podcast. Um, and uh, people can just go go to the website and, and sign up. Absolutely. Um, May 18th and 19th at Monona Terrace. Um, and the That's right here in Madison. Right here in Madison, yep. Um, and individuals can go to the website. We've also sent out uh, a number of emails and uh, save the dates. Um, but if you haven't received those and you're interested in learning more, you could certainly 
Google UW uh, Obesity Summit or yeah. go, I think we're going to list the website. Web yeah, we'll link off our website too. Um, and it'll be linked, I'm sure, off the, the surgery.wisc.edu main page, which has recently been redesigned and easier to navigate. Who should people contact with questions? Veronica Watson is the uh, administrator that's uh, helping organize things uh, from our department. So she would be the person to contact. So Veronica Watson, uh, to contact her, is uh, Watson V, like Veronica, at surgery.wisc.edu. And her phone number is 608-263-7697. Dr. Funk, thank you so much for coming in to join us today. I'm really excited to hear about how things go with uh, this first ever obesity summit. I'm sure it's the first of many to come. Well, thank you very much for the invitation, and thank you for highlighting uh, this issue and uh, helping, hopefully, increase some of the interest in it, and we're definitely looking forward to this one and subsequent ones. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you. On our next episode, we speak with Dr. Seth Daly. He's a surgeon in the Division of Otolaryngology here at UW-Madison. He specializes in voice, airway, and swallowing disorders, and we had a great discussion about exactly what laryngology means, how it can help improve the voice, and the fact that teachers are his most common type of patient. Join us. The Surgery Set is a production of the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This episode was produced by Chelsea Johnson and me, Jonathan Kohler. It was recorded by Chris Hansen and edited by Elizabeth DiNovella. Our theme song is On Wisconsin, arranged and produced by Jamie Schmidt. I encourage you to visit us at surgery.wisc.edu, where you can find links to Grand Rounds, free CME credits, and more. You can also check out the UW School of Medicine and Public Health video library for a wide range of medical education resources at videos.med.wisc.edu. In addition, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And of course, you can follow us on social media. You can like our Facebook page and also find us on Twitter at Whisk Surgery, and I'm at J-E Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R. Please feel free to let us know how we're doing, rate and review us on your podcast app, and don't hesitate to let us know of any topics you'd like us to cover. Thanks, and we hope you check back soon. On Wisconsin